0: Welcome to the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 28th. I'm your host, Anastasia Glova. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit recently ruled that the Second Amendment protects an individual right to keep and bear arms. The case in question, Parker v. District of Columbia, may well be headed for the Supreme Court. And in today's podcast, I discuss the decision with lead counsel for the plaintiffs, Alan Gora. Have there been previous challenges to gun legislation? There's been a lot of talk on the op-ed pages about the 1939 Miller decision. Could you tell me what that's about?
1: Well, there have been previous challenges to the D.C. gun control law, but they were not made on Second Amendment grounds. The gun community has tried to avoid Second Amendment litigation for a variety of reasons. The Miller decision is often spoken about because it's the only Supreme Court decision that addresses the Second Amendment at all in any sort of meaningful way. There's been a lot of misinformation about Miller, and I would encourage everybody to simply go out and read the decision and make up your own mind about what it means. Clearly, there's a lot of disagreement. In Miller, the court was presented with a case in which two individuals were indicted for having a sawed off shotgun without having paid the required federal tax. The indictment was thrown out on Second Amendment grounds, and the government appealed to the Supreme Court. In Miller, the government was successful in getting the case reversed, and what the court said in Miller is this. There was a question as to whether or not the sawed-off shotgun in question was the kind of gun that's protected by the Second Amendment, but there was really no question at all that Mr. Miller and his co-defendant were individuals entitled to assert that right. The government had made an argument in its papers that the right was only collective, that it didn't apply to individuals, but the court refused to entertain that argument, and in fact, in the court's language... It discussed the militia and found that the militia simply comprised of everyday ordinary citizens who could be expected to bring their own arms supplied by themselves in times of need to defend the public. So certainly, while there's a lot of noise about Miller and how it supposedly enacted a collective rights point of view, that's simply not the case. The whole basis of Miller was that Mr. Miller was entitled to claim a Second Amendment right. The only question is whether or not the right was extended to a sawed-off shotgun.
0: Why are courts hearing Second Amendment cases confused by the language of the Constitution?
1: I think the confusion is really a product of the type of cases that are typically brought under the Second Amendment. Most Second Amendment decisions out there that have been decided by the courts come out of criminal cases where the bank robber or drug dealer has a kitchen sink line of defenses. And by the time the court gets to his Second Amendment claim, typically it's not really interested in engaging in any kind of analysis or thought whatsoever. Virtually all of the collective rights decisions that are currently on the books don't engage in any sort of analysis of the Second Amendment or of the history or of the language. They just sort of parrot this one line about, well, it's a collective right, we don't have to think about it. And certainly any reasoned analysis and actual consideration of the text reveals the very obvious conclusion, which is that it's an individual right.
0: Does the court's holding in Parker mean that henceforth any kind of gun legislation would require amending the Constitution?
1: No. The court in Parker explained quite clearly that the government still has the ability to regulate the ownership of guns, just like the court can regulate speech and the court can regulate the exercise of other rights. But the government has to understand that there's a right at stake. So what the government cannot do is abolish all gun ownership, as it basically did here in this case. There's a difference between enacting some kind of a safety regulation that has some sort of reasonable relationship to a compelling governmental interest as opposed to a complete ban on all people having a gun, period, which clearly violates the right to have a firearm.
0: The Parker litigation is limited to the right to carry a gun in one's own home, but what in the Second Amendment stipulates that this right is limited strictly to domiciles?
1: Nothing. The Second Amendment states that you have a right to keep And bear arms. Keep, we argue, means that you can keep a gun. And if you keep a gun anywhere, most likely it's going to be inside your home. That's where you keep just about everything. And bearing arms is not really a part of our case. We did not argue that the Second Amendment extends to, say, concealed carry issues and things like that. We chose not to address that in this case. But we do believe that certainly the Second Amendment would extend protections to that kind of scenario as well. It's not something that's before the court right now. We're not there at this point in time. But that's something that future courts may indeed be asked to consider.
0: You chose not to pursue this because you're picking your battles?
1: That's correct. People often don't understand it. We can't have one case that's about everything. There are thousands of different styles of gun control regulations, and some of them are appropriate and some of them are not. And we're not going to have one case that decides the entire universe of possible gun regulations. We have to frame the question for the court in the narrowest way possible. That's what lawyers do in constitutional cases. The court is interested in thinking about discrete concepts. And the point of this litigation is to establish that there is an individual right to have a gun under the Second Amendment. And if the individual right means anything, it means that you have a right to keep a simple, ordinary firearm inside your house – period. That is the absolute minimum of the Second Amendment. And it's going to be for future cases to decide all the other myriad issues that come up under gun control schemes, and some of those cases will be successful and some will not. We'll just have to see.
0: What do you expect will happen to this case on appeal? Will the Supreme Court hear it?
1: I believe that there's a very good chance that the Supreme Court's going to hear the case. We certainly hope that they do because we want the benefits of the Parker holding to apply nationwide. Of course, we can't predict that. The court is in charge of its own docket, and it's up to the D.C., government to decide whether or not they want to take it to the Supreme Court.
0: Now, are you concerned about legislative action that would repeal gun laws and preempt effectively any final holding in this case?
1: Yes, we are. This is the thing that actually we're most concerned about these days. There are many members of Congress. Congress can make laws for the District of Columbia. It's part of the Constitution. There are many members of Congress who feel strongly about gun rights and are sympathetic to the plight of people in D.C., and we think that we simply need to educate the Congress better as to what the consequences of legislation would be right now. There are many things that Congress can do legislatively that would help implement a the decision. There are many other unjust and simply outlandish gun laws in this city that, that Congress should address. However, if Congress repeals the laws that we have successfully had overturned before the appellate process is over, then our case will be vacated and dismissed. The decision would have no presidential effect. And what's going to happen is what we had feared all along, which is that the Supreme Court's not going to forget about the issue. They get the Constitution in their chambers too and they know it has a Second Amendment in it and they certainly get petitions from other folks who make Second Amendment claims. The Supreme Court, if they do not consider our case, is quite likely in the immediate future to take another case, a case arising in a felon in possession situation, perhaps a drug dealer, a bank robber, those kinds of things – where the Second Amendment, we fear, would not be best resolved. We don't think that the basic rights of Americans should be resolved within the paradigm of some criminal person making an absurd argument. We think it's best that the court consider the Second Amendment within a context of a case like this, law-abiding, peaceful people who simply want to have a simple, ordinary gun inside their house.
0: The majority of support for the Cato Institute's work comes from individuals, and Cato depends solely on tax-deductible contributions to provide the public with a wealth of free resources, including this podcast. We hope you'll consider supporting or even joining Cato. For information, please go to www.cato.org.